and we are back looking at game week 3 of the world cup i mean we've all had a talk about the off field issues and whatever's gone on in the world cup but the on field work has been tremendous by all of the teams it's almost as if a script writer took the best parts of sports drama films and and put them all in this period of 4 to 5 days and we had like crazy things going on people counting yellow cards two teams going through then two other teams going through stuff like this a, a player saying yes to a red card like never before i mean lots of stuff to talk about and to do that we have on the panel today rk radha ji and ab so radha ji what's your talky point of the week i mean this, these are potentially talky points for all time footballing moments uh, some greatest ever moments potentially happened uh, this week but i'll go for uh, one of the goals that we saw uh, this week i think luis chavez's free kick i think that was one of the moments i don't think we've had a lot of stunning goals in this world cup we've had only a handful but that was a moment where a goal actually got me off my seat and uh, you know full of um, just even rewatching that now just gives me goosebumps the sound and the the quality of that goal was just incredible i think 20 years from now when we are watching best goals of the world cup i think that goal is going to feature for sure so luis chavez is free kick for me yeah probably one of the better ones uh, from this uh, entire world cup rk what's it going to be for you hey guys uh, we have seen so much late drama and you know last round action uh, going down to the wire uh, in this round of games it's been spectacular and uh, one of the moments for me on that same note is the way that the uh, mexico poland argentina group ended where uh basically they were at one point same on goal difference uh and the only difference was in the yellow cards and then poland late on trying to avoid yellow cards mexico trying to score the goal which would get them through and then saudi uh, putting a dagger in their hearts but that still didn't make a difference because all mexico needed was a goal so the whole theatrics the atmosphere the reaction of the supporters around you know these last 10 minutes was truly amazing to watch yeah and the goal line clearance from the argentina shot as well in in stoppage time everything i mean all four teams contributing to the drama at the end there yeah and uh, ab uh, what's it going to be for you you had your pick from the games hi to everyone so i think uh, for me it's going to be the last few minutes of group h uh, which is the one that had portugal uruguay korea and ghana so i think uruguay needed to win and they needed portugal to not lose to south korea we know we all know how that ended up so the uruguay scoring they scored a couple of first half goals ecstatic supposed supporters are ecstatic suarez is ecstatic uh portugal taking the lead against korea and then korea fighting back to win it i think in the 80th minute 80th minute i forgot which minute it was but uh, and then that news trickling into the uruguay gana game and then all the faces changing from like joy to heartbreak i think that's the beauty of the world cup i think uh, for me that was a talky moment of the of the yeah. week so ghana might not have been able to avenge 2010 directly but they did end up contributing or being there to see uruguay crash out so probably gave them some sense of solace some closure and for me i think it was uh, this period of 4 5 minutes in group e when it seemed like japan and costa rica were going through and germany and spain were going out i mean even though that was exactly opposite of what most of us had predicted to happen so it was really fun to see the two minos taking it to the bigger teams and actually making a fist of it and it just felt as if if that was allowed to happen imagine what what recriminations we would have seen from uh, the the fans back home but uh, yeah not to be but still we have those 4 minutes to remember so let's start with group e in fact i think the chaos that uh, happened in group e with uh, all four teams at one stage going through on the last day so i mean did the ball cross the line is the first question i think that everyone wants to be answered i'm going to just go out and say you can always find an angle to say either way so i think the top angle is what they finally used to 
uh, go with the decision um, and i think they have a chip in the ball and stuff so i'm going to assume they have all that technology as well this for this world cup so i'm going to go with uh, they got it right but i don't want to take away from uh, let's let me just call it this is the greatest world cup we've ever seen this is probably the greatest world cup day that we've ever seen uh, or well <laughs> there may be another day in the same week that will uh, compete with it so just incredible stuff i think the, the loudest piece of football crowd noise i have ever heard was when they actually awarded the goal to japan the second goal it was just incredible i think uh, the spirit just to keep the ball in yeah it may have gone out it may not have gone out but the spirit and effort just to keep the ball in and get your foot to it and get the goal and the sheer noise in the crowd it was just so incredibly fun to watch and yeah the only thing i think uh, which kind of puts a blot or puts a question mark on the decision was that they have sensors on the on the goal line they don't have sensors outside of the goal post but i agree with radha that uh, fr- uh, like the top level view is always the standard frame of reference uh, so saying that the ball went out uh, i mean that is not completely true uh, japan have i think uh, you know won a lot of hearts in this tournament and uh, i think they are particularly dangerous when they play on the counter attack when they play without the ball and we saw against costa rica that they are you know pretty docile when they play uh, with the ball so but, but i think going forward they will be meeting a lot of teams who will be more proactive than them which is dangerous for the uh, you know for their opponents i uh, know spain are in and germany are out but they have a pretty identical record right both of them uh, beat costa rica both of them lost to japan and drew with each other so it's a little heartbreaking for germany i think uh, the really easy fixture that spain got to start with where they thoroughly destroyed costa rica gave them pretty much all the goals they needed to qualify uh, yeah that said i think uh, like that aside i think the big takeaway from this group is japan's uh, i think fearless football if i can call it that uh, twice they went uh, one goal down to the two teams that they are expected to lose against and twice they came back to win 2-1 right so i think that's absolutely fantastic uh, yeah i mean just kudos to to japan as up said they had two of the last three world cup champions in their group and they managed to beat both of them but uh, on on the refereeing decisions i think generally i the sense i have gotten is that we might be a bit confused about the decisions uh, when they happen but when you see the different replays i mean going back to even ecuador qatar the, the first game the, the first goal that happened within like two or three minutes and we said how is this offside this the, the fix is definitely in but then it later emerged that okay there was someone who was playing uh, him offside someone made him offside so i think re- generally the refereeing decisions have been good uh, can't say have much of a complaint there but uh, germany another uh, first round exit two world cups in a row it's it's like uh, a giant has fallen i think is uh, this giant is just about um, trying to figure out its way its way up to the top right now i don't think there uh, somebody is cutting the tree down i think the tree is still pretty small and it's growing um, these this team actually was impressive uh, in the tournament i would say from a fo- from an attacking football standpoint i think we all talked about it in our preview episode that we came to germany so late i think that's a good indication of where we thought germany was going to be Uh, during the world cup but i didn't expect them to get out get get out at the group stage level um i really enjoyed their football um against um, in against costa rica it was i think the record for the highest xg generated in any world cup game six six goals on xg uh, created by germany and just i can't get enough of jamal musiala i think he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the world Uh, he had the most dribbles and uh, take-ons uh, in the entire world cup almost double of uh, any other player and he he has that killer pass as well on him and he was moved from the left to the center in this game which was it just really unlocked everything for him he was a standout player and i'm really disappointed that i won't be able to see him again in this world cup i think going forward what germany really need is to strengthen that backline especially the center back situation that they have 
and also find a proper you know number 9 it wasn't ideal that muller had to be the number 9 uh, you know for them in this uh, in all the group games of this tournament probably uh, you know he shouldn't even have started i think none of us expected muller to play such a significant role in the starting 11 uh, in the center backs rudiger was uh, you know something who, who i thought would be kind of like a talisman for them but against costa rica he seemed very half paced and a lot of mistakes came from him the same goes for neuer as well Neuer wants to play the Euro 2024 tournament. They might be able to phase out a few of the others, but I think they need to stick, uh, take a strong call, you know, on Manuel Neuer as well. He's an all-time legend, but probably it's time for very tough calls for Germany if they want to let the young generation come through. And uh, uh, do you guys, uh, because I didn't watch the game live, I, I saw the highlights in detail, but uh, like at the end, did you feel uh, that Spain was kind of happy with how things were panning out? Because they seemed to lack a bit of bite there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were not overly enthusiastic about um, changing their rhythm or changing their their approach to the game. Uh, but I don't think, I think they were also comfortable knowing that they were going through and they had no nothing to worry about like upset on goal difference. Um, so they didn't want to expend any more energy than they needed to. And maybe I, I'm not putting it past anybody though. Luis Enrique didn't betray any emotions. He, he seemed really irritated that they did not win. But I, maybe they at the back of their mind, would they rather play Croatia or uh, Morocco? I think... Uh... Yeah, I think the the way the brackets have ended up, both sides are fairly even. You've got a couple of big ones on both sides and some some decent teams as well. And again, Croatia or Morocco, it's, it's, it's a coin flip, I think. So make of that what you will. But uh, moving on, Group A, I think we don't need to talk much about it, apart from the fact that Qatar had the worst ever performance by a host nation so just one goal nothing else to show for it uh, netherlands and senegal making it through senegal going through with goals in that game all three goals coming from english based players so expected results expected outcome i guess you know uh, the uh, the whole senegal uh, situation and the final uh, uh, you know round of games was probably my uh, would have been my second favorite uh, talkie taka moment uh, Senegal fans and African fans in general have mightily impressed me as they always have and I always you know look out for these teams to uh, progress or even look impressive so that you know I can back them for the rest of the tournament. Senegal and Morocco have definitely done that for me. Uh, Senegal had a lot of impetus in this game. Uh, In the previous games we could have doubted how they are going to deal with their attacking threat without Mane but I think they have come to terms with that and uh, forged an identity. Especially through Ismaila, uh, uh, you know, uh, like he has been kind of like a talismanic figure for them in all these games. And I was particularly impressed by how quickly Senegal were able to turn around, you know, uh, getting to that 1-1 deficit. Yeah, so um, I actually was so impressed with Ismaila Sar um, the other day. I think he really channeled his, the inner spirit of the left-wingers uh, uh, who are, who wasn't the left winger who wasn't at the tournament he really ran the game he was physical his dribbling was always been there but he was really brave he won the penalty and then what a superb penalty right into the side knitting great penalty as well i think he carried them in a certain to a certain extent from an attacking point of view um, i'm happy that they made it through they've come up against england which i think is unlucky uh, but the other the other team in this group was really underwhelming. They finished with seven points, which is the highest of any of the teams um, uh, across this World Cup, Netherlands. Uh, but I'm pretty disappointed with Netherlands. I think they ended up with an XG of 2.4 and uh, XG conceded of 2.7. So they're actually in the negative there. Um, and Cody Gakpo is a statistical anomaly. He scored three goals out of 0.3 XG. Yeah, Louis Van Hal inevitably, uh, you know, his previous tenures or his at least uh, in the last decade has led to questions around the playing style. Uh, Netherlands, I thought, uh, for me, were one of the impressive teams with respect to how they played the ball or used the ball in the Euros. But uh, they have again reverted to a very Louis Van Hal typical, uh, uh, you know, kind of play in this tournament. Uh, and, uh, you know, Van Hal had to, uh, you know, talk back questions from the Dutch journalist in uh, in the press conference after this game, which is pretty, uh, you know, weird. Uh, you could think it is weird considering that they have seven points, but uh, as Radha explained, it's not. Moving on to Group H, we had the longest running narrative there, the ghost of 2010, revenge for 2010, 
auto ado saying i don't want them to talk think about revenge just think of it as any other team suarez coming out and fanning the flames again one day before the game i'm not sorry why should i be sorry he missed the penalty i didn't miss the penalty so uruguay waiting to go through and then just all of a sudden korea jumping up from somewhere yeah i think when we did our uh, preview before the world cup started this was one of the groups that we thought will go fantastically well and it did not disappoint i think portugal was solid korea and ghana in my mind both of them deserve to go through um, they were both for i think really spirited performances you know uruguay also <laughs> ultimately beat ghana yesterday 2-0 so it it was um, i think any one of the other three teams could have gone through in second place i and we wouldn't have felt that it's odd i think uh, it was one of those fantastic groups see see everybody likes a little bit of narrative writing um, and you know this it's very nice and convenient to say oh wow revenge and all that let's be clear ghana lost ghana got a penalty again with a great moment to rewrite the history books and they missed it so at the end of this ghana are still choking at, in front of uruguay it just so happened that south korea's fairy tale uh, came in the way of uruguay going through ghana really didn't contribute to that at all that said i thought ghana were really enjoyable all through this world cup uh, along with Ka- along with cameroon and senegal i'm i'm quite disappointed now that i'm not going to be seeing ghana anymore uh, especially mohammed kudus i think uh, we've talked about him in the past as well that he's one of the real standout performers in this world cup so far yeah the emotion on uh, you know the koreans and the expressions from the korean fans has been one of the highlights for me uh, it's been uh, you know it's uh, it's clear to see and it's it's one of the famous things as well about korean fans how they adore their football team how they make superstars out of them we already know uh, you know how son hyung min is treated in korea and korean fans i am you know really happy that they are going to continue uh, son son had a bit of i think i have been disappointed with him in this tournament so far the moment that he provided i think that was a defining son moment on the counter attack uh, having players around him and having the composure to slip in uh, you know uh, the, the substitute for that first time finish superb uh, footballing moment uh, like rk said he has been a little uh, little off color and i do think it's that face mask and the injury that's playing on his mind a little bit uh, that said you know great players come to the fore when their country or their team needs them right we saw like one absolutely it was a fantastic 40 yard dash for the korea winner and you know just keep an eye on huang when he makes that run that's like proper lung busting stuff at that point i think four or five portugal players are still behind the ball right and then son does that run and then slips it through with a nutmeg and a fantastic finish i think and then the pure passion right he takes off his shirt runs to the fans that's the kind of moments i think that we that we live for i think that for me when i saw that it was like pure exhilaration and very happy of course for the koreans the the goal i think huang um, a player from wolves which is basically portugal central uh, scoring a goal to defeat portugal at the last minute it was almost like biting the hand that feeds you um, but another superstar that really came to the party although it was heartbreaking to see at least for everybody with a heart let me call it out for for the listeners who 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 don't know what happened the united fans in our group are utter like real pricks i have to say just rejoicing at people in tears in football grounds but it was it was heartbreaking for me to see suarez uh, the end of a really glittering career coming to an end uh, he has not been great but he pulled out some moments um, there was another like great in this group rk uh, how did how did that guy fare ball rolled onto his back he turned away from a corner and you know uh, like a korea scored and what did ronaldo do he started blaming all the other people in the penalty box for considering that goal and i think pepe was uh, you know being a uh, you know another senior player he had the balls to kind of i think confront him and he had to kind of you know uh, hide what he was saying so that the cameras don't capture it so i i don't think he had uh, you know something particularly polite to say for me 
like probably I had a bit more shadden feud on the uh, on the Lukaku one, which we'll talk about. Suarez, despite all his antics against United, I I really respect him, and I I, I can't say that I felt for him, but it was a bit of an emotional moment to see you know him crying uh, and you know that kind of despair. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know if we discussed it on our group or if I saw it on some other group. Uh, I think when Ronaldo was being substituted in the 63rd minute, the score was still 1-1 uh, against Korea. And I think obviously he wanted to see out the game, maybe score a winner, do the CU or whatever. But uh, I think Lipridas caught him saying uh, in Portuguese, uh, they are trying to get me out so early, they are trying to face me out so early and whatever. I will find the exact tweet and send it back to you guys. But I think he was like super upset about being substituted and he said something to the effect of, him being chased out by uh, by the management. It's, it's never his mistake, is it? Him being chased out from somewhere. Where have you heard that before? And looks like he's coming back like a real champion. I think no, nothing says I'm a real champion like landing in Saudi Arabia. And another group of guys who we'll most likely never see again in a World Cup uh, are the Welsh Dragons like Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey. I mean... Uh, they had their chance, they blew their chance, they didn't make much of a fight. I think Michael Sheen had more fight in his speech than these guys through the entire tournament. So yeah, that was a bit of a damp squib ending to Group B. I mean, they didn't really come to the party anyway. But US seemed good value for their money. They they took the battle to England as well and they, they managed to win against Iran. Pulisic putting his body on the line to make sure that the goal was scored. Yeah, so uh, I think we've been the only ones trying to hype up Wales. Uh, I, I don't think we've seen it on the pitch at all. Uh, the Yamaro heed and all of that that we were doing on the group or in caps, in all caps before the game started. I don't think there's been a single game where they've actually shown the fire. Uh, so, yeah, no real dragons uh, this time around. Um, Iran, I think, were also, uh, they had their moments. I think they were also better than, than Wales. Uh, um, but United States are the guys who really surprised me. I had them finishing maybe third, maybe even actually had them finishing fourth in my prediction, in my group predictors. Um, they really surprised me. A good value, a lot of energy in that midfield. And they have some good players. I think Via has really shown in this World Cup. Um, Pulisic, of course, we all know uh, he seems to be back to his best. I don't know if you guys caught it. Tyler Adams' interview um, uh, when he was asked by... His, I, I'm, I'm guessing an Iranian uh, journalist about he was very he was caught with some very difficult questions and he's a 23 year old and he handled it so beautifully with so much class he didn't get sucked into that uh, to a fight or a turf war there. Yeah, very impressed with uh, their midfield. Uh, you know that combination of Tyler Adams, Yunus Musa has been so impressive. Uh, McKinney, uh, they, they seem to have a lot of flair and tactically also they are a bit flex. Uh, you know, bit more flexible than. Probably uh, that we had uh, like we, that, that we were expecting from them. In addition to playing a midfield three, they have also experimented. You know, kind of like what Liverpool used to do with Henderson, where one of the midfielders kind of supports on the right side and you know helps to put in crosses, etc. So they have had players who have stood up for them. Uh, Sergino Dest is another uh, you know name that comes to mind. He's not been defensively great, but he's really uh, been uh, like provided some impetus for them and. I was talking about Chelsea players who have provided clutch moments. I think Pulisic loves, uh, you know, taking the center stage for the US, uh, and he uh, once again came up with a very important moment for them. Pulisic needs love. I think uh, you make him the main character, and he he plays well. And the same goes for Ziyech, which we will talk about when we talk about Morocco. But uh, I think he's one of those guys where you give him the center stage, you feed the ball to him. You give him 15-20 minutes and he'll start to make things happen, right? So, I think uh, that's one thing where I think Tuchel and Potter have not got the best out of him. But, you know, staying away from Chelsea and coming back to the World Cup. Uh, USA look really good. It's not just a question of them getting the crowd behind them, getting pumped up and just winning matches on energy. There's a good structure there, there's a system there, they have a way of playing, this high energy. Yeah, I think the other team, I think we came to this team last... I am so confused with England. I, I, they they played well in the first game. They went back to their boring old self. And then in his bid to rotate, he actually landed on an exciting team. Um, he, they actually played well. I think Rashford was so refreshing. 
um, he was unpredictable and dangerous, but that's everything that Southgate dislikes dislikes in a team. So I, for all you know, he's probably not going to play the next game as well. Kane seemed to love playing with him in Foden. Um, he needs those guys who are actually bursting a run and run, running in front of him. I think Sterling, for all his uh, intelligence, has not been doing that lately for, for club or country. I think there's a real freshness in that attack uh, this time around and and particularly uh, Jude Bellingham, I just loved watching him play. I think he's he's something else. Uh, there's one particular play on the right where he and Foden just broke through almost like single or should I say double-handedly and it ended up with a, a beautiful turn and a shot from Foden. Yeah, I had, I had a very similar, you know, uh, thoughts going through my mind during that game. So, me and Arun were discussing and I, I was so confident how England, you know, wouldn't kind of step out and try to make things happen. But what was happening was that the right back, which is again an unusual sight for a Southgate team, you know, we saw uh, the, the right back overlapping uh, a lot. And as you said, there was a bit more unpredictability, people making off the ball runs, which helped them. They have ended up with nine goals, which I think is the highest, uh, you know, goal scored so far in this tournament, which is, again, an anomaly when you think of Southgate. However, all things said, I, th- I don't think all these things can make me support England at all. I have seen enough of them. One of the surprises, the shocks that Belgium didn't make it through at all. I mean, not even in second place, they're, they've gone home. That's the end of the story. Roberto Martinez quit on the stage. He quit during the press conference. So, I mean, probably quit or be fired was the situation there. What do we think about the Belgian, Morocco and Croatia stories? I mean, good riddance. Good riddance to Belgium, man. They've been so boring and disappointing. I, I'm happy to see the back of them and uh, mostly Martinez. I think they have great players who I would have loved to have watched in other teams. Um, yeah, but I think with all the bickering that's going on there and um, I think this golden generation is is like I think it's fizzling to a to a to to an end. I think it's like one large bowel movement happening over there where everything that comes out of there seems to be shit. The football, the the attitude, the the camaraderie, everything is has gone to shit now. So yeah, that's the end. And I think Martinez uh, like a <laughs> like a great um, carrier of that legacy is signing off right when things have gone to complete shit. Uh, Belgium were like across three games. Super, super disappointing. Even in their opening game against Canada, which was the only game they won, uh, Canada for a large part of that match was the better team. Right. So I think uh, the, uh, you talked about Germany having to re- hit a reset, uh, but I think the biggest reset has to happen for Belgium. Part of that starts with Martinez getting shooed away, uh, but I think you know they need a whole new generation to come through now and to be given to the hands of a capable manager. Like you take Lukaku, De Bruyne, Hazard, Hazard, you know, guy like Tillemans, Castagna, you like really super talented players, right? If you sold them all on the transfer window, you probably get a billion pounds for the team. <laughs> and if I tell you that um, I'm going to give you a billion pounds of talent, you pick a manager, who in their right minds would go pick Roberto Martinez? There's no way we can move on to the other teams without bringing up the elephant in the room, no pun intended. Uh, Lukaku was <laughs> the talk of the town. I actually, to be really fair, I think Belgium, their play really improved once uh, Lukaku came onto the pitch. I think their their quality of play improved, but then he was single-handedly responsible for, for all those misses and Belgium eventually not going through. Uh, again, I think... <laughs> Seeing him in tears at the end was, again, a gut-wrenching kind of moment, which RK seemed to enjoy. RK, you want to add your two cents to this? You know, Radha, for me, I don't, I don't, I have a bit of sympathy for Suarez because he's a complete, proper, all-time legend. I don't have any of that for Lukaku. This is a guy who struts around showing that he deserves to be in that pantheon of all-time greats, but he's nowhere close to that for me. He's, he, he completely falls into the Pogba bracket. You know, people who make much more noise, sound, you know, than than what they actually deliver on the pitch. I actually had kind of changed my mind about him uh, when he won the title, uh, you know, for Inter. Uh, and he had a decent Euros and then he came into Chelsea and then he lost all the, you know, uh, any small respect that I had for him, you know, went away again uh, with the kind of comments that he made, the kind of opinion that he has about himself, which is so inflated. I saw him shedding those tears, but I, I still don't feel sorry for him. 
It's not a big deal. As Ab said, Ab, I am sure Ab could have scored one of those. I'm not 100% sure about that, but yeah, I think some of those chances were just ridiculous. <laughs> Morocco, the surprise of the World Cup. I mean, we don't think anyone expected them to go through and going through topping the group, wonderful to see. Yeah, I, you know, uh, this is where I want to go to Ab because I think uh, Radha and Ab were watching that match together and I, I want to hear from Ab. I, I think he had a lot of caustic comments for ZH in that match, but now he seems to think that he's a big match player. And he plays well when the team is centered around him. Okay, so some of my earlier comments have been taken wildly out of context. So when I was watching the um, Morocco game with Radha, I forgot which one it was. Uh, Belgium. Yeah, the Morocco Belgium game. Uh, like uh, obviously, when I watch the game, when I watch guys play, I'm always screaming at the TV. Why I keep saying one thing or the other. This guy is useless, that guy is useless and so on. So Radha took one of those comments uh, and said that uh, I hate him, uh, whatever. Of course, you know, stuff that you say when the match is going on is tends to be overplayed, right? You tend to ex- exhibit extreme emotions. This guy is the best or that guy is the worst. Um, anyway, I think Morocco uh, will continue to do well. I do not suddenly, I cannot currently recall who they play. Uh, in the round of 16 but uh, I think oh, Spain that will be a great game but uh, but don't be surprised if Morocco take the lead you know I, I, I am still sitting here ruffling on the thought of Ab trying to chip a finish over the keeper from like 20 plus yards <laughs> I might probably be able to do that said he I think I think we our listeners now need a video on our YouTube channel in a Bangalore uh, ground of up trying to do that and Radha can record it. I am sure the camera will be shaking uncontrollably for reasons beyond my understanding as I'm shooting that video. (laughs) Okay, moving from one of the success stories to another of the unmitigated disasters who everyone predicted would do well. Denmark. Disappointing. I mean... For for Belgium, no one cares. People are yeah, good riddance. They were too arrogant, etc., etc. For Denmark, I think everyone's just sad that that they didn't make it through. And not only did they not make it through, they were fourth in the group. They finished behind Australia and then and Tunisia. I mean, kudos to Australia who who, who managed to get through. I mean, a, a reward being a game with Argentina, but uh, they'll take that, I suppose. But Denmark, come on. Yeah, it's, it's really sad to see uh, the difference in performance in Denmark uh, from the last year Euro. I think a lot of people took them to heart with the way they played and what happened in the first game with Ericsson. And uh, uh, like the Denmark that came into this tournament for all the three games was, you know, very sadly devoid of emotion, devoid of passion. Uh, it was a, you know, a very uniform paced, very half paced performance from them all through. They, they didn't have, have any bite. The, uh, and I, I think it's very deserved for them to go out uh, having only one point. Can't say anything else about them. So, uh, but but having said that, the only silver lining is that Ericsson, uh, with his you know fitness issues, uh, he he has uh, you know now he gets a good break. But the the bad part about it is that Australia are going through. I have not been impressed by Australia at all, and I think they are the weakest team in that uh, in the final 16. Yeah, Denmark were disappointing. I thought they actually did play well for a decent period of the game against France. Of course, they ran into Mbappe and uh, Griezmann, who are like you know different class. Uh, yeah, Denmark like disappointing. Like as Arke said, I didn't see a lot of passion there. Uh, they are actually one of the four teams in this World Cup who did not win a single game, uh, and it's I, I guess the the way that stats should be read is that 28 out of 32 teams at least won at least one game. But yeah, uh, Denmark is one of those four which no one expected. Moving on to the next round, next group. Of course, Messi is still here. He will play his thousandth game today because his team were able to beat Poland and it seemed a bit tricky at, at, at the beginning, right? When the penalty was saved 
um everyone on the group was like this is not a penalty this should not have been awarded apparently shezny was uh talking to messi and saying that var will not award this i bet you 100 euros that var will not award this and now he said i'm i'm not going to pay him up i don't think he's going to miss that 100 euros but what he definitely did miss was the actual penalty i i actually uh, think messi was on is in form he's he was running past people like the messi of old he was playing those chip through balls that he used to play in his in his high days in, in barcelona everything was going well um but i mean if he's the goat then shezny has a good case to be the goat for penalties he's saved 26 penalties i think in all um he's saved two in this world cup and one of them was followed by another uh, basically another save a double save uh, as well just incredible and even this one was a world class save i think chesney uh, really deserves credit on that um uh, but i think argentina played really well and i think they are going to uh, i think they are getting their groove back uh mcallister and another instance of brighton uh, representing at the world cup um some good some good quality uh, a quality goal um and if you tie that to estupinian and uh, caicedo i think a lot of good good things for brighton to take back from this world cup argentina superb finish from uh, uh, alvarez as well it was um, a great touch and a, and a finish from him i think they looked good both goals were good but yeah messi i think messi has a problem with penalties and chesney is probably the best in the world yeah i think chesney deserves uh, to go into the second round to uh, to take his team into the second round just for the performances that he has served up uh, i think poland didn't have anything much positive other than him uh, they they are very passive uh, you know uh, like like they see a lot of space which doesn't allow lewandowski to kind of get on the ball get on the game so he's pretty much been on the fringes throughout uh, argentina on the other hand i think they are getting their identity uh, here i i was very very impressed with the way that mcallister was making those you know the the off the ball runs into the box which we have kind of associated with let's say rabio in this world cup for france so that is something which uh, is uh, and and enzo fernandez i, I am uh, you know turning into a fan and he's helping them to progress the ball which was something that they were missing in the earlier games paredes came in in 35 odd minutes he had more than 50 passes which i think is the highest uh, per minute record or something in world cups uh, or at least in this world cup so uh, messi has Uh, you know the, the uh, like the difference between the two goats in this tournament has been stark while ronaldo seems like he's on the dying embers messi is still rolling back the years uh, still producing the magic i think he should have scored a goal for sure but i was very happy that you know that penalty was missed and it it didn't kind of give a blot on the overall argentina performance which was very good i i i was happy that they were able to produce that performance and produce the goals without depending on that penalty uh uh yeah and uh, but i think lotaro martinez he is going to be a question mark you know for them he's not yet come into form and he missed a golden chance which you know would have put mexico through which i was really sad about as i talked in my talking moment i really wanted mexico to go through they had produced much more xg than poland much more positive and i think lotaro's miss was one of the reasons why they missed out as well you know this argentina poland game um i didn't uh analyze it very deeply but i did kind of get a feeling somewhere that poland knew that you know uh, or poland didn't expect that i think mexico needed to win by three or four goals uh, to beat saudi arabia by, by scoring three or four goals i kind of got the feeling that poland felt comfortable knowing that that may not happen even as they went into the game uh, you know shouldn't of course throw aspersions on people's attitudes but uh, i think Poland always look like they were going to be comfortable knowing that the other result will go in there. Mexico though they they have a lack of scoring options. I think Jimenez's career obviously has stalled ever since that unfortunate injury and I mean it seems like he's never going to be the same striker again. It it, it might probably end up shortening his career as well. But apart from that they didn't seem very incisive, right? They would create those chances but they were not able to finish them and and that's what and ended up biting them. and making sure that they didn't go through yeah so i i think this was a, um, a the parallel i drew in my mind was arsenal and tottenham in the premier league i think this was like a reversal of saint totteringham's day like like has been happening for the last few few years where tottenham is outperforming arsenal i think usa outperformed mexico 
this time at the World Cup. Um, I think Mexico were not great in their first two games, but they really took all the shackles off in this game. It was it was great football. It was exciting to watch. There was so much uh, there was so much happening. And oh my God, like I mentioned in my talking moments, the real goal of the tournament for me, the, uh, just pure excitement from that goal, um, and. They almost scored another two. I think two or three they had from offside as well. The much-discussed Saudi Arabia offside trap, the high line. It's it's put two of two really good attacking teams uh, to bed because of that. They've been been able to. I think Argentina scored two or three that were offside. Mexico has now scored two that were offside. I think Saudis um, really have figured out how to make that work. But this for me was I think the game of the sorry the day of the World Cup. I think Japan was the other one, but this was just incredible stuff. Uh, there was that moment of course where people were talking about the yellow cards and potentially even a coin toss. If all all of that was um, was mixed up, I don't think I'd ever seen anything like it. Uh, no prediction. <laughs> Everybody would have predicted Argentina and Poland to go through, but nobody would have come close to what actually transpired. So just just truly exciting stuff. It really brings the joy back. I've never f- felt this joyous watching a World Cup, but this has been an amazing week, an amazing World Cup, and I can't I can't wait for it to keep going. Yeah, Rada, I think I think we talk uh, you know so much about XG on this group. I really think it's time for the footballing world and for FIFA to take XG as one of the you know points of differentiation as we were talking about. Yeah, and and the Saudi boys, uh, I mean, they made their mark, right? Uh, they didn't end up as whipping boys of the group. They didn't lose in, to anyone eight nil, and they go home with Rolls Royces, all of them. So all in all, a wonderful outing for them. Uh, finally, Group G. And yeah. let's not uh, let's let's not forget uh, that uh, certain Cristiano Ronaldo might be heading there for some obscene amount of money, and there are rumors that they're tying up with the likes of Egypt for the 2030 uh, bid as well, the World Cup bid. So I think Saudi is making some good moves. I think they really stole the sheen from Qatar at this World Cup. While Qatar did all the organizing and everything, Saudis have really stolen the show on the pitch. Um, I already talked about their uh, offside trap, but their goalkeeper was on fire all through the tournament against Argentina and against uh, uh, against uh, uh, Mexico this time around. So, kudos to them. I think uh, they played a huge part in this being such a great end to the group and a great day of football for all of us. Amazing. By the way, what a great goal. I think 97th or 98th minute. Uh, like superb goal that they can score as well. So, I think Saudi really played a part. Yeah. Uh, you know, not just the football and, uh, you know, stealing the thunder from Qatar on the pitch, off the pitch as well. It seemed like a Saudi. You know, it was their home World Cup. They made uh, Qatar spend all the money and everything and get all the, you know, cudgels and all the criticism. But it was Saudi's World Cup with all the fans. Where is Messi? Messi? Where is Messi? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's become a meme by itself. Uh, I, I think uh, a Korean fan was doing where is Ronaldo yesterday and, and, and stuff like that. So this, so what the Saudi fan did, it's become a meme now. Going forward, we, we can expect to see something like that after every knockout game as well. Finally, moving on to Group G. Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon, all in with a shout going into the last day to join Brazil who played their B team which by itself is worthy of a place in the World Cup by itself and all the thrills and drama and the Abu Bakr red card I mean the the referee and Abu Bakr exchanging handshakes before getting a red card I've never seen anything like that Yeah, uh, you know I think Serbia one of the teams along with Germany who kind of promised a lot in terms of what they could offer attacking-wise before the tournament. And again, like Germany, they suffered for being very, uh, you know, naive, very open defensively, even more so than Germany, I would say. They defended very well against Brazil in a very tight shape. And hence, it was surprising for me to see the kind of tactics that they tried to adopt against Cameroon and Switzerland in the upcoming games. Uh, And that was the major reason, you know, why Serbia, despite... Scoring a few goals despite having a functional attack, uh, you know, ended up going out. So, along with Denmark, I think a lot of people had put Serbia also down as dark horses for the tournament to maybe make an entry into the quarterfinals, but that didn't happen. Switzerland, you know, keep doing this. They keep uh, being under, uh, you know, written under, regarded, but they always, always end up making the playoffs, whether it's, I think, Euros or it's World Cup. Uh, 
Cameroon were you know uh, kind of bit part participants in this group, but again they brought their own color. I thought Brazil. Uh, I I saw the first half uh, for for Brazil against Cameroon, and I thought that. Brazil actually uh, the second eleven played very well. Uh, they had an xG over ninety minutes of uh, almost two point five, and they ended up not scoring at all. And they had an xG against of point eight, which is not too bad. Although it's it's much more than what they were, uh, you know, what they had done in the first two games defensively. So I think it's more of a write off for Brazil. But I am disappointed with how Serbia, you know, ended up going out. Yeah, for me, I think I had predicted Switzerland for exactly this reason because I've written them off three times before, and I said, okay, not this time round. <laughs> you you write them off every time, and they come back, as you said, RK. They're very uh, defensively structured, well structured, and they know their roles very well. Even someone like a Denis Zakaria, who's not had much game time at Chelsea, he's been sitting on the bench all through the season, and he comes in and he knows what he has to do. So. As they say, Swiss clockwork uh, coming to the fore again. But uh, I'll miss Cameroon. I think uh, they 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 brought brought in a lot of color as we've uh, mentioned, and they were a joy to see. Serbia have ended up as bottom of the group, but among those team, those three teams, anyone could have been uh, the second place team. And uh, we're still waiting to see what uh, part Neymar will play in the round of 16. But uh, Brazil's bench strength showed that why Brazil are touted as one of the favourites for uh, the cup. Alright, that brings us to an end of whatever's happened in game week 3 and uh, in part 2 we'll do a quiz and then we'll take a look at the round of 16 fixtures. See you in a bit. Welcome back and in this part we'll start off with a quiz and then we'll do a preview of the round of 16 games. So this time round, uh, I'm mostly focusing in the quiz on the games that have just gone by. So 10 questions. First question, we've talked about this guy quite a lot now. Abu Bakar, he, he got the second red card of the tournament. Can you tell me who got the first red card and against whom? It was the Wales goalkeeper. They have three in the squad. Hennessy. Yes. Yeah. Wayne Hennessy against? USA. Which team scored the most goals? And one of them was mentioned by someone. England. England. And? Spain and England. Yes. Which team with maximum goals scored didn't make it through? Germany. Serbia. Germany. Yes. Germany it is. Okay. One blast from the past. This has never happened ever again. Which team had three brothers on the same team? in the 2010 World Cup. This has never happened before, never happened after that. So, in the same squad, they had three brothers. Um, is there a third, Toure? No. And one of them is a, is a middling, famous uh, Premier League old guy. We've seen him play. He used to play for Spurs and Wigan. Oh, Palacios. Yes. The Palacios brothers. Yes, the Palacios brothers for? Colombia. I... <laughs> hey, no, no. Uh, Palacios played for that blue flag team. Uh, that North Honduras. It has a yes. Honduras. It is Honduras. Okay, and name the teams that have finished this group stage unbeaten. Netherlands, mm-hmm. England, uh, USA. Yeah. Croatia. How many more? Yeah. France. Morocco. No, Morocco. France. Morocco. Yes. Morocco. I mean, France might join them if their appeal works, but uh, for for now, these five. Okay, one more blast from the past, and just use logic in this. Which was the first World Cup that was broadcast on television? 1950. 72. 70. Up, what did you say? 50. Uh, no, it was 1954 because the TV was invented around 52 or 53. So, 54 was the first one. Which teams finished pointless? Qatar. Qatar. And? Canada. Yes, two of them. Which team conceded the most number of goals? And for bonus point, how many? Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Correct. Costa Rica, 11 goals. Correct. We are breezing this today. Which country has been in the most World Cups without getting beyond the first round? And this has happened eight times. Cameroon? Saudi Arabia? Iran? I think it's Senegal. No. Ghana? Senegal. It's a a European nation. Serbia? (laughs) Oh, is it Wales? Wales, I think, have only played... Don't tell me Denmark. Ireland. 
Scotland it's, then. It is Scotland, yes. So Scotland have played the World Cup eight times and never qualified for the second round. And finally, which team which played in this edition is now closest to breaking that record? Wales. I'm going for Saudi. I mean, you guys have mentioned that team already. But... Yeah, because we mentioned every bloody team. <laughs> is it Senegal? Is it Senegal? No. Asian team. Asian team. Iran. Not Iran. Yes, Iran. yes. Iran. Six times. This was the sixth time that they played and they couldn't get over the line. And uh, that brings us to the end of the whirlwind quiz. And I guess now we can move on to our round of 16 preview. So the first games play going on today. Netherlands versus the US and Argentina versus Australia. Just a word there, Argentina and Australia have both complained that you've not given us enough time to prepare or rest. I mean, ideally, they could have had England versus Senegal as well today, considering that those two teams played the furthest away. But that's FIFA for you. So, what are we thinking? Netherlands versus USA. This seems like an interesting game, right? I think I'm on board with what Abu was saying earlier. I think a uh, very good chance of an upset here. Um, USA has that energy that can potentially make some people uncomfortable so they uh, they have some good running and some guys with pace as well and i don't think we're talking enough we've, we've talked enough enough about the fact that netherlands have, have been quite questionable defensively and virgil is not having a great world cup so it's clearly something that is he's carried from the premier league to the world cup um, and their keepers are also not very uh, dependable. So, I would say there's a really good chance of United States ke- getting an upset. Though, though, if it comes down to moments, then people like Gakpo, you'd rather have people like Gakpo than anybody else in your team. Yeah, I think it's going to be an experience versus enthusiasm kind of a contest. And I still think Netherlands might have a bit too much in the bank uh, experience-wise, uh, you know, for USA to handle uh, the likes of Van Dyke, uh, etc. at the back. And I think Cody Gakpo... Uh, I have not been able to watch too much of uh, you know the uh, of the Dutch because the drama seems to be happening in other matches. But I I would be watching him tonight uh, because he's been linked a lot. Do we think that uh, US apart from Pulisic they have uh, people who can come in for them do a job because Pulisic I don't know I mean he said that he's cleared to play but how fit he would be everything needs to flow through him etc etc do we think that uh, they can do a job on them so I keep hearing about Gio Reyna so that's the one I'm looking forward to um, he's supposed to be this secret weapon that they are yet to unleash and things like that right so I've heard the name before of course because his dad used to play in the Premier League as well so I've, I've definitely heard of him not seen much of him but I think all the um, pe- all the publications keep writing about him so perhaps there's a if Pulisic isn't available then there's a immediate uh, replacement available to come in and kind of wreak havoc um, in the next game so looking forward to see Gio Reyna. The other game as I mentioned is Argentina versus Australia do we give any hope to the Australians here of continuing their fairy tale journey which is already a fairy tale because no one expected them to be here. Yes, but I, I don't think Argentina have any kind of excuse that they didn't have you know enough time to rest, prepare. This is a this is something that is a must win for Argentina, and uh, you know if they go out in this match, it will be you know it it will be similar to the Saudi game. They don't really have any excuses to make here. I I I really like the Australians' grit, the determination that they always bring. You know, it's a cultural thing for them, but. You know, there there is a point at which quality is, is required, and they, I'm sure that they don't, uh, you know, they don't have it in sufficient measure. If Argentina play a six or seven out of ten, I think they will win this. Yeah, I think no no contest. Um, it's going to be a comfortable win for Argentina. I think Australia do a lot of the simple things, and um, that works for them. Uh, but somebody like Argentina, who are so much more skilled in every side of the game uh, perhaps there's a set piece angle that uh, australia can look to exploit but it doesn't seem likely um, i think argentina are going to have way too much for the likes of australia like i said australia got a little unlucky with that draw so then we're looking at uh, an argentina versus maybe netherlands maybe us quarter final right so tomorrow we'll have england versus senegal and france versus poland as i said i would have loved mane to be here but unfortunately, he's not there. So, I think England in the much the better situation. Yeah, I think both of those games are going to be pretty straightforward. I don't expect them. them but <laughs> I'm saying this hoping to tempt fate. Uh, looking at what the World Cup has been like this so, thus far. 
um, I think England are way too good uh, for Senegal, even though they don't show how good they are a lot of the times. I really, really hope Rashford uh, starts and even if it's back to Saka, uh, but at least Rashford should be starting down the left. I think that really made a difference. I think they'll have way too much for Senegal. Uh, that being said, Senegal have some, uh, this is their golden generation as well. So if they ever had a chance, it would be now. Um, and on the other game, I think again, uh, Poland is absolutely not inspiring any confidence. I'm quite uh, disappointed to see them in the knockout stages. And France, I, there was a small moment of time where uh, against Tunisia, Mbappe came on and he just showed the level difference between him and you know some of these other players in the world. He just he, he ran through at the entire team and uh, took a shot from the from a wide left wide left angle. He's just incredible. I, I think he's going to uh, give everybody a run for their money in Poland. I think France will come through comfortably. I am also predicting an easy win for France, a not so easy win for England. Uh, I think there is a fair chance that Senegal will score. I'm hoping they do. It'll be nice if Senegal take the first goal or uh, take the lead in that match. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the Senegal game, Senegal-England game more than I am for the France. For me, I think Poland were very dire against the Argentinian team as well. So, don't give them much hope against France. Which is a bit sad, I mean, considering they have one of the best strikers in the world available to them. And they don't create much. They don't play a very positive brand of football. But they have arguably the best keeper in their lineup in, in this World Cup uh, so far. But yeah. France should have too much for them. Then, on Monday, we have Japan versus Croatia. This is that GIF, right? Look at us. No one expected we would be here. <laughs> and and these guys playing in, in, in the round of 16 to go through to, to the quarterfinals. And as a reward, they will play the winner of Brazil versus South Korea. What are the bets on a Japan and South Korea quarterfinal? That would set East Asia on fire. But, uh, you know, without going that far... Japan, I think we have talked about them and what we can expect from them. So, uh, I, I I think with Croatia, are have been a team who have favoured, you know, having the ball. The only good things that Croatia have done in this tournament, they have not been, they uh, you know, supremely clinical. They have been pretty porous at the back. But what they still have in good measure is, you know, the, the ability to retain control in the middle of the pitch, retain the ball, progress the ball. Uh, I think Japan have done well against that kind of opposition. So, for me, this is a very intriguing match. Yeah, I think it's this is exactly the kind of game Japan would like. Because, and RK, I, I was just thinking back to in the past, you mentioned that they don't bring on their... They weren't bringing on Takumi Minamino, they weren't starting him. And, you know, they had some other players on the bench who were coming on uh, later. I think that's part of their, uh, their game plan as well, uh, to kind of really go at a specific energy level through the 90 minutes. And against the likes of Croatia, who are at the end of the day an aging side, um, I think Japan... This is, if you were to ask me of all the ties, which are, which am I most confident on placing a bet for a for an upset, I would go for this one. So, Japan should, I think, give them a real run for their money and uh, I would go so far to say that this is a 50-50 tie. Uh, I'm going to go Croatia for this one. I expect they will turn up. They haven't set the group stage on fire. Uh, I think Kramaric has a couple of goals, but apart from that, they've not really done much. Um... I think they will be uh, measured enough to get past Japan uh, and not quite panic the way uh, Germany did uh, or to a lesser extent Spain. I think on the other uh, quarterfinals, I think uh, it's been a good run, but I think Brazil should breeze past uh, the Koreans. Yeah, do we have any update on Neymar's availability? Is is he back training? I don't want this to turn into another of those 2014 incidents where they were unveiling his jersey and crying before the semi-final and stuff like that. I don't want this to turn into a sob story. But they have enough talent in there and they should just focus on whoever they can put on the pitch. Well, they seem to have a doppelganger out there. If he can replicate half the skills, I think they should bring him into that team. Having said that, I I, I really don't think uh, you know Brazil should depend on Neymar for this match and try to bring him early. They have enough in their ranks as they showed against Cameroon. To be able to, uh, you know, win easily if they are able to put away the chances that they are getting. Martinelli was an absolute electric spark. A burst of electricity in that match. I think Brazil have enough and they should not rush Neymar back. Yeah, I think the team doctor has made some comments, uh, uh, given some interviews where he said that 
there is a good chance considering they have a lot of time on their hands before the game uh, and they're there i think both him and alexandro are coming uh, coming out to play uh, on the field at least uh, starting tomorrow so i think there is a chance that he'll be available but yeah like rk said perhaps they won't risk it so early he might come off the bench um, and if i think if they just need go back to the team that played the second game they should they should have enough to uh, beat south korea if you look at their quarter of the draw you would expect them to go through to the semi finals right so he has even more time if if need be to come up against someone like an argentina by then he should be fit but yeah as someone mentioned on the group what a lineup even their b team is crazily packed uh, definitely on the offensive side defensive side not so much but uh, even then let's let's pray for south korea then but if japan and south korea as rk mentioned they go through 2002 vibes there waiting to happen but i think that's probably a bridge too far for even the fates that be right and finally on tuesday we'll have morocco versus spain and we'll have portugal versus switzerland this is the other one i'm really looking forward to i'm pretty excited about morocco have this little bit of a giant killing gene uh, right now they seem like they have that capability in them uh, to surprise a giant so i'm i'm looking forward to the game against spain because we all know that despite alvaro morata's recent form and by the way uh, leading the world cup with the most goals i think there are five or six of them who've got three but still morata is one of them no and morata is actually top because he spent the least minutes on the pitch so his game per i mean goal per game record is the best so he's winning the golden boot as it stands Yep, and uh, I think we all need to <laughs> uh, eat some humble pie on that. But uh, I think, despite he's actually made them better, despite that they do miss chances, and I think a guy, a, a team like Morocco, can really cause that upset with a moment of brilliance in the game. So I'm, I'm actually excited about that one. Um, Portugal and Switzerland, perhaps, is going to be a very balanced game. I don't think it's going to be exciting. Uh, I do see Portugal having enough to uh, go past Switzerland there. I think the Morocco round of 16 game is the most anticipated of the lot along with the USA Netherlands. If I had to put my money on an upset, uh I would pick uh, Morocco to take this one. Uh let's see. Let's see what Mr. Ziyech can do. That's why you will be in Spain so hope that you see a public screening of the Spain Morocco game. You can send us your voice notes. Yeah, I will and let's hope that uh, hair wearing a Chelsea jersey doesn't get me into trouble as it did at the PSG game. But uh, yeah, interestingly enough, some some geopolitical connotations here as well. So Spain can get to the final having played just their land neighbors. So they they're playing Morocco now and they might end up against Portugal in the quarter final and if all goes to plan they might end up uh, against France in the semi-final, so they might just end up playing their neighboring countries and get to the final. But yeah, on that note, uh, Portugal versus Switzerland. This will be probably the toughest test for Portugal so far. Switzerland, as you said, very organized, very tough to break down. I mean, people like Ronaldo not doing what they're expected to do or what they're supposed to do. How do we? How are we reading this one? I think other than Ronaldo, there have been some impressive aspects about Portugal while we have talked about. their coach being conservative and you know uh, such coaches tend to change the identity to be more defensive in the knockouts uh, however i think bernardo silva and bruno the kind of form that they have been in if they play to their strength uh, they they should have a bit too much uh, you know in the bank for switzerland i'm hoping to see more of rafael leao than we have seen so far i think he offers you know that vertical uh, you know speed and pace in behind which is needed against a team like uh, which is as organized as switzerland ronaldo is definitely you know a a, a real uh, like worrying point for uh, like for portugal and given that he is going to start every single game uh, it it's going to be very important for him to at least turn up inside the penalty box but i i have been very surprised with how santos has taken uh, you know took him off in the 65th minute i i never thought that Santos had had you know the cojones for that, but let's see how that goes. Leao starting would be ideal, but Ronaldo will definitely start as you said. But uh, going forward, if that 65 minute can keep coming down to 60, 55, 50 going forward, probably end up bet- serving Portugal better in the long run. 
I think you're precisely the guy that Ronaldo was mouthing off on Portuguese about. <laughs> you're slowly trying to phase him out of the game. That's exactly what Swag is trying to do here. Respect, man. Respect. Okay, so for us, I guess uh, Portugal is still going through. Uh, despite a tough test, it will probably be something like a 1-0 or a 2-1, something like that. But yeah, it'll, it should set up the quarterfinals really well. You could have uh, games like England versus France, Spain versus Portugal... Netherlands versus Argentina, Brazil versus Croatia is what we're thinking. And what we'll actually end up with is Japan versus South Korea, US versus Australia, Senegal, Poland, and Morocco, Switzerland. So gear in for the ride because we'll now meet you all uh, after the round of 16 has finished. And there might even be a few surprise guests on the pod. And uh, in the meanwhile, keep an eye out on the Tokitaka Instagram and Twitter handles. There is fresh content from the land of the World Cup, Qatar, as well as uh, engagement activities on Twitter as well. So feel free to join in. And on that note, wish you a fond farewell. See you soon. Bye.